Barkov. Very careful, trying to play it a second time. Can't do it. Here's San Luis moving in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast. Tonight, we're doing one of those um, deep dive episodes we're famous for. Today, we're focusing on the New York Rangers. And for that, we've got Andrew from the Liberty Blue podcast. Um, Let's get straight into it. There's so much to talk about the Rangers. We've been waiting a long time to do this episode, and I'm really, really excited about it. I know we say this every single time, March. Um, but I'm so happy to do it and uh, for reasons that we, we can uh, go through um, during this episode. So, March, how are you today? I'm pretty good. And yeah, you actually said it pretty well there. Um, I mean, looking at the Rangers that we did our uh, predictions episode earlier this year, um, and I'm drawing a blank. I'm pretty sure I had Edmonton in New York in the final. Don't quote me on that, but I've would definitely should have had New York up there because second year in a row, I think they'll be making the final. Um, mm-hmm. This is a really good team and I'm really excited to, like we kind of joke about, you know, oh, when we do San Jose or when we do Anaheim, there won't be much to talk about, but uh, I, and the opposite, if we were talking about New York, there is probably tons to talk about. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, for so, so far I'm doing okay. How are you about yourself, Danny? I'm okay, man. If you if you ask me about work, that's a different answer. But um, I am doing good. <laughs> I'm actually planning on uh, going on a vacation um, Monday morning, so pretty happy about it. I'm. It's uh, it's one of those you know. Look, I, I'm I'm not. I wasn't born yesterday, so it's not like I'm new to a new uh, to the workforce. But I'm telling you, this vacation is. Um, I've never needed a vacation as much as this one. So I'm pretty happy to leave. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Um, so shout out to my to my wonderful work environment uh, for making that happen. Today. <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's welcome our guest here and uh, let's uh, let's get to know him a little bit. Okay, so um, welcome Andrew, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's it's that time of year where it's like two in the afternoon and it's pitch black out. So you know what? I, I wish <laughs> I wish that wasn't the case, but you know what? We're here. We're we're ready to rock and roll. I know it's like well you know in the west over here it's like pitch black at and like once you get that uh, time zone change or the um, daylight savings it's like oh my gosh it gets dark so quick but so far it's a little warmer I don't know uh, how it is over on the east coast but um, here in the west it's uh, not too too bad it hasn't been freezing temperatures yet but yeah um, okay so I guess we'll just get started here. So first off, do you want to just drop uh, your socials for your podcast and maybe your your own and and your partner? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, my the, my co-host is Nick Zararis at Nick Zararis Z A R A R I S. Uh, I'm at Chelney Andrew C H E L N E Y Andrew. And then the podcast that we do is called Liberty Blue Pod at Liberty Blue Pod uh, on Twitter, uh, um, on YouTube, on Apple Music, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast just search liberty blue and you'll find it uh we are i think the most objective or one of the most objective rangers podcasts out there we don't just say oh we know we're rangers fans and everything that the rate that the team does is great or everything the team does is is terrible i i think 
our goal with every episode is to make you learn something. Uh, you know, we try our best to break down the game or we try to break down, you know, what's happening in between games and, you know, lineup decisions. And hey, maybe like maybe Blake Wheeler should be playing on the first side. Maybe he should be playing somewhere else. Or, hey, I like that Peter LaViolette is doing this kind of structure on the ice as opposed to what they were doing before. Our our goal is to is to produce the one of the most objective shows on the platform while also being entertaining and, and fun. Yeah, and I do agree with uh, how you do it. I mean, it, <clears throat> don't quote me on on what I heard in your episodes, but I did listen to a, a few of them, like Hartemi Panarin and some certain things like that. And it was quite interesting what you guys talk about, and you do learn a lot, so that's for sure. Um, okay. I'm just so you want to discuss a little bit more. You kind of mentioned it earlier, and um, with your partner there, but you want to discuss who's a part of your team and how you get things going over there. Yeah, it's just me and Nick. So. Oh yeah, yeah we're, that's we're live. <laughs> we're live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're on video. Nice. We have the whole nine yards. He edits the video, and then I edit the audio and post the audio, you know, on the Spotify and Apple and everywhere else that it gets sent to. So it's just it's just us. We're a two-man band, but you know, we yeah. we have a lot of fun doing it, and I think I think we do a, a pretty all right job at it. You hear that, Mark? The thing is, one edit, yeah. the other edit as well. See that? <laughs> so I was going to say this. You have the full nine yards. I think we have like seven and a half. Uh, we, um, uh, we were just like, hey, you, you feel like uh, feel like a podcast today? And it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's do it. The only thing is, one thing that's quite rare, we don't really do much of. I mean, our kind of goal here at, on Coast to Coast is to have 30% Montreal. So we kind of do our, our recent episodes. We've kind of been doing a little bit of a Montreal uh, hockey recap, but then we really like the rest of the NHL and talking about the rest of the NHL. Um, but the thing is when we talk um, Montreal or when we do a, an episode, a lot of times we don't want to do it during a game. So this is a rare site where we're doing an Absolutely. episode during a Montreal game right now. Um, I, I didn't watch, but so far, I don't know what the score is, but um, they're not doing so well, and it seems quite boring. So we'd rather be here doing this, that's for sure. Uh, this is such <laughs> a good point. And actually, I, I was driving back home tonight, and I was I made a point of that, and I wanted to really mention it, so I, I completely forgot. Yeah, you guys, like this, we've never done that before. I follow the Canadians just because it's the team that I follow. I don't, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard fan like March, um, but I would say that... Uh, uh, it's rare. It's it's uh, we've never done it. Maybe we won't ever do it again. But we don't just miss out on the game to be on an episode. So uh, this kind of shows you how much we we're happy about this. So you said, Andrew, you said sorry Mondays at six p.m. Mondays at six p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, we are live on video on Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube. I'm not calling it X. I don't care. It's, it's Twitter, Twitter for me. Hundred percent forever no, and yeah, ever. It's Twitter. It's Twitter uh, man. Yeah, every yeah. Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. So even if there's a Rangers game? Well, they wouldn't play on at 6 on Monday. So, I mean, wouldn't if they, play if they, at if they would play at 7, right? Then that, Oh, we, but you're done by then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay there we go. <laughs> Do we, it, it doesn't make sense for us because we always try and aim for an hour and it ends up being like almost over 2. So... Uh, <laughs> that's why it is okay that makes sense okay 
So, well, uh, so tell me, Andrew. Um, so you, you kind of mentioned the, the mission and the, uh, a little bit more about your team. So, um, how did you meet your? How, how did you meet Nick? How did he get started with all this? Is it uh, lifelong friends? Uh, uh, how did this all uh, come about? Yeah, I've never met Nick in real life. So there you go. Uh, oh wow! I, I used to do a different podcast called uh, Chell Squared that I've I did for almost five years. Uh, this I started it back when I was in college, and I, they would be uh, an NH, just an overall NHL podcast. And through the years, it has some pretty cool people on. I had Brett Hall on. I had Palafonte no came on. Uh, John Forslund came on a couple of times. Wow. Uh, Sam Rosen was on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a cool spot that I that I it was just me. Like I I there Insane. were times where uh, I would I would have my capstone class. I don't know if you like I don't know if, like what capstone class is like the final kind of like most important class during your senior year of college. Uh, so I and and my capstone was was part of being like a, a, a part of a, a new show and we had to put that together and all that. So I would spend the entire day in a suit and tie. And then after that, go into one of our, you know, other studios and record the show in a suit and tie, edit the episode, put, put it all, pull, put it all together and then go home. So I would be, you know, uh, in suited up from like 7am to midnight. Uh, but you yeah. know, I, that's cause that's just, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking hockey. So that's what I did. Um, but then, I, I've followed Nick for a long time. Really, you know, he's 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 one of the most knowledgeable fans of any team on the platform. I think he's he's got such a mind for the game. He really understands what he's watching, and you know, not just it, it's one thing to watch what you're seeing and kind of reacting to it, but he's he sees it. He understands what's going on, but he also sees it from multiple different perspectives, and it's always. I always appreciate talking hockey with with him. So then I had the idea of okay, well I've done this show for my on my own for a while, but it's it it gets really hard when it's just a one man show when you do it for so long. And I kind of stopped doing it after a while. And then I reached out to Nick. I'm, you know, I said, hey, I have this idea for this Rangers show. I wanna I wanna do you know I wanna do video. I wanna do these things, and I want you to be the co-host and like let's do this as a team. Yeah. And and he agreed to it. And here we are, 80 episodes later. Yeah, I saw that 79 uh, or, or 80, like you said. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and um, that is awesome. Uh, I can't wait to to hear more about uh, your uh, the Rangers uh, environment there. So, would you say that you had? I mean, I'm not gonna say you would probably say doing it with Nick is probably better, but. Were there things, I wouldn't say were there things you missed about doing it solo, but were there things that, uh, what was the main difference, I guess, between having a partner on your podcast versus doing it yourself? Because you're you're pretty much talking to yourself, right? Uh, well, if I would always have a guest on the show. So I okay. would never do it solo. I would always be reaching out to somebody to, to, to come and I would always, for the most part, what I used to do is I would target a specific team and have that kind of be the focal point of, of the there episode. So it, it would be an overarching show about the league, but it would also be like, hey, you know, for example, the stars are doing really well. Let me see if I can go and get a stars guest to come on and, and narrow the focus on go. that. So then, then that would be the episode. So, but I mean, mm -hmm. this, is, this is just a Rangers show. And instead of just doing it about every team, this is we're, we're doing one team that, you know, we're both fans of and we, we watch every virtually every second of so uh i mean it's just different you know it's 
when you're doing it by yourself, you you're a one man show in, in every aspect of the of the phrase you are reaching out to the guests. You are figuring out who you want, what your angle is, any questions you want to ask. Everything, you know, everything is, is up to you. And, it, and if you're not going to do it, then no one's going to do it for you. Or you, you don't really have, you know, anybody to bounce ideas off of or, you know, it's it, it's it's just on you. But if you have mm-hmm. a, a co-host like Nick, who's who's so good at what he does, I'm always bouncing ideas off of him. He's bouncing ideas off of me. He he always has really cool ideas with social media, with with all of these you know graphics that he's making and all these things. He, uh, he's <laughs> he's been he's been a magician with that kind of stuff. So I yeah. mean, we just we work together really well, and I mean, I'm I'm grateful to have him on board. Rich, uh, you hear that, Danny? Like, uh, I, magician. It's, it's, I know, but <laughs> yeah, it's like Andrew. It's a, the kind of an inside joke because uh, it's it's like listening to myself here. The, the things that you're describing is exactly the the synergy that I have with March. Um, nice. He's responsible of the social stuff. He's the genius with the graphics and all of these things. And I'm the guy who's coming up with the dumb questions and all that. So. Um, well, it's like the it's well, no, it's like the you know, it's from Bre- Breaking Bad. You know, you know the chemistry, I know the business. So or the other way around, but yeah, I, like it. I love it. It's, it's so good. Um, all right, so uh, March, I want want to dive into the to the Rangers. Here? Sure. Okay, so we're gonna start our deep dive of the New York Rangers here. What we like to start off with is uh, going around the fan experience. So we're gonna bounce some questions off of you regarding fan experience at Madison Square Garden. And generally in New York, uh, we like to go over these things, especially American markets. It seems like we have a really good uh, uh, reception from these kind of episodes from mm-hmm. American fans. Um, and I've never been to New York, um, so I like to learn about this a little bit. Uh, the first question is pretty funny um, because, you know, <laughs> so the first question is, you know, where... Brought to you by Danny here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it, it, this is okay if you're talking about Mullet Arena, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> but so regarding Madison Square Garden, Andrew, where is it located in the city? Is it a, <laughs> is it a good area? And you know, how do you get there exactly? And that's actually a good question at the end there. Like, how do you actually get to the games? Because considering, I'd assume New York traffic is horrendous. Yeah, I mean, Madison Square Garden is about eight blocks away from Times Square. So okay. it's pretty smack dab near the near the hub of it all. Uh, I mean, I just take a train. All I got to do is take one train and then I'm there. I get off. I walk yeah. like a block and a half and I'm there. So, what, I mean, it's not, not hard to it? get to. What? what yeah. What train station is this? Uh, I would get off at 34th and Herald Square and like. Yeah, okay. Penn Station's right there. Also, if you're coming in through through like Long Island or Staten Island or anything, or like New Jersey, if you wanted to do that, there's Penn Station right there. You can just take the other like normal trains, train lines, if if that's what you you know that's where you're coming from. So there's a lot of different lines that that stop near or at MSG. All you gotta do is just hop on, pay two dollars and ninety cents one way, and you're there. Mm-hmm. That's um. That's very similar to, you know, like like Danny's in Calgary, but he lived in Montreal for a while and I've been in Vancouver my whole life. And I can say, I don't know about Calgary, but I can say with Montreal, the Bell Center and Vancouver, the Rogers Arena, it's the same thing. You take a train to the game and you're right there. Um, and and more so with Vancouver, considering 
you know, parking is probably like 30 bucks a, for 10 minutes. But anyways, uh, okay, makes sense. Um, I was going to say, there's another one. Anything interesting around it? I, I'd probably guess maybe like, you know, 40 pizza parlors on one block. But uh, is there anything else that you can do around the game, like bar, sports bars and stuff like that, New York Rangers team? Yeah, well, it's it's a it's the heart of New York City, right? So there's always a ton of there's a there's a ton of ton of stuff to do. There's a ton of bars, a lot of different you know shops and food places or whatever or whatever you want. Uh, the MSG Networks is across the street from Madison Square Garden, so there's a big massive sign that says MSG Networks there. So mm. uh, I mean, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to do around the around. MSG if you wanted to have like a, a watch party or if you wanted to do, you know, if you wanted to get some food with whoever you're going with before the game, there's a million different options for you to pick from. And you, I would have to imagine you'll see a few Rangers fans along the way wherever you stop. I, I've got to say, I think it was horrible what the Riddler did to Madison Square Garden. Uh, Danny, you, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. Uh, I don't watch movies, so that just flew way over my head. But uh, yeah, I'm not missing anything. I can guarantee you that. Danny, yeah, Danny. Yeah. The, anyways, this is from the Batman for anyone guessing. But uh, yeah. you know, the ending is at Madison Square Garden. But anyways, they basically turned okay. Madison Square Garden into a pool. So. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, that's great. Uh, so, anything. What kind of things differentiates this arena from others? And can you tell us more about like what's around it in terms of statues, uh, fan games, uh, photo ops, uh, stuff like that? Like anything that's kind of uh, unique about that, that uh, if someone is traveling to New York uh, to see a game uh, is to look out for and, and maybe go take a picture with or whatever. I mean, it's the most world's most famous arena, right? So by by default, it's it's something that I feel like everyone should at least see a game at, at, at MSG. It's if only for the aura that it presents, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. this is, this is the Mecca of, of sports as, as people like to call it. So it's, it's always very cool to be a part of, of any game that's, that's in there. Uh, yeah. There's plenty of photo ops. Uh, the, the walls are plastered with other Ranger stuff or Nick stuff or whatever. So there's plenty of like there's rangers like memorabilia and all these things and that you can take pictures with and and next and next like mem- memorabilia as well uh that you can take pictures with and uh yeah yeah i i'm you know when i whenever i go because i've kind of been so many times i don't really think about no you go straight in yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah i kind of i i'm there for the game like, exactly it's kind of it's kind of like tourists when they come to new york city they do yeah. more things that people that have lived in the city do like yes. i've never been to the statue of liberty i've never been to the empire no, state i Building. agree 100%. but like all 100%. the tourists will come and, and will do those things it's like ah well i mean i'm here i don't really need to yeah. go do that but if you're here for the first time go you know go crazy yeah it's like when this i was... went to vancouver and i was sending pictures to yes Martin, like uh, and he was like this is in Van- this is here like yeah, this is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's yeah. I was just about to say that exactly. Yeah, I went to. Um, I've been to New York a couple of times. Uh, actually, being being in Montreal, it's only four, five hours uh, drive. You know, four if you wanna if you wanna get a ticket. Um, and <laughs> and um, I, I've I've seen it. It's it's one of those places that 
I don't know why, maybe because this was a long time ago and I didn't notice it, but it's one of those places that, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but like unless you're looking for it, you don't really see it because it's so huge. So you think it's just another building and then, oh my God, like I'm right here. Um, I don't know if you've ever, obviously probably don't for you because being a local, but um, this happened to me. I remember that pretty well. So, um, okay. Um, before we move on to the interior of the arena and uh, and what it offers uh, as a fan experience, can you tell us more about the massive renovations that happened there? Um, I remember seeing and hearing about that. So if you want to maybe talk to us a little bit about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did a lot of renovations inside, I want to say, over a decade ago at this point. Um, they went on this massive road trip to, to start the season. So it's just kind of, you know, have have the MSG fix the renovations and all that. Yeah. Um, so they added this 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 chase bridge at the top, like to just kind of just seat more people. Um, and some I'm 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 sure some other quality of life and other, you know, like in, innovations throughout the arena. Uh, but that's that was that that was over a decade ago at this point. So MSG. They, it, it did need it. It did need a facelift, and then they they it got it over a decade yeah. ago. I know they're doing some construction like outside the build, outside of it now. Uh, yeah. I don't really know. I you know I don't. I'm not. My job is to watch the team, right? Yeah. Like not. I don't. I don't know what's going on with that with the outside construction, but uh, the the interior got a facelift over a decade ago, and I think I think it looks good. Yeah, I remember seeing vividly one one of the videos that they made. Like it's a. It's, I think it's a drone that that goes all the way from outside the outside the MSG all the way to the to the players locker room I think. Um, oh so you yeah, kinda yeah s- I've seen that. You remember that? Yeah, it's it kind of yeah. made me. Um, yeah, it was really cool. So we'll go through just because uh, we're really anxious to get to the to the rosters and the players and all that. But so uh, so just to finish off here with the players' experience with the fan experience. Sorry. Um, what about the food and, and the seats? Uh, can you always be in a good seat? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, depends on how much you want to pay. If you mm-hmm. have deep pockets, you can get yeah. any great seat. Uh, if you don't, if you're a normal per- person like me, yeah. uh, uh, even even <laughs> the even the you know the higher seats will will run you a decent amount. It depends yeah. on it depends on what which team the Rangers are playing and what time and you know all these things, but. Even even the 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 high four hundred seats are still gonna you know run you maybe I don't know seventy eighty bucks so it's like these like these things are creeping up in price every year they always get more expensive just like everywhere else so yeah the the prices themselves are are not cheap but I mean I think the food is really good I really enjoy the food I I think there's one there's one spot in particular in the 100s area that sell, uh, that sells really good burgers and really good fries and I I for one big fan uh, but I haven't tried the, all the options there's there's a lot of them there's a lot of good ones uh, so yeah. they they are expensive uh, yeah these uh, oh these, this is crazy the the food the food is really good but it is very expensive so if you wanted yeah. you know like let's say you wanted a burger some fries and just a water It'll probably run you like thirty bucks, thirty-five bucks. So it's, yeah. it's US not cheap. Too. Not, US, that's, not so cheap that's at like, all, but it's that's like really eight hundred Canadian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, 
Uh, all right. Um, I was gonna say this is crazy, man. Like standing room. So the 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 Rangers play the Sharks on December third. The Sharks, not like this yep. is like you know New Jersey Devils like Stanley Cup final here. Standing room is 150 bucks. U.S. Like, are you crazy, man? Like, for the Sharks. Well, mind you, they might score like 10 yeah. goals. So the, I I go. do think that those prices will go down. I don't. I don't. Yeah. That's especially true. if you get them day of, you can usually get them for a lot cheaper than that. But well, yeah, that's that's an insane me, let, price. Let's stick to the inflated numbers here. So. <laughs> Anyways, um. Uh, let's see. So, Danny, did you have anything? Uh, well, I, I, this is actually a really good question. I was thinking, you know, like, there's so much for Madison Square Garden. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your goal horn and all that stuff. But one thing I'm, you, you definitely see a lot of, like, especially, obviously, one of the more famous New York Rangers goals I've seen is when uh, a couple of Martin St. Louis uh, uh, sure. goals. And obviously, in the 20, around 2014, that team was quite... Uh, Quite a good team to my comparison. One of my favorite uh, favorite uh, players in ever is is Rick Nash. So, um, you know, I was kind of seeing a lot of highlights then, but since then, I haven't really been a, a huge Rangers. Uh, walk, you know, we haven't even met you in the playoffs for a while. But one thing I'm curious about is, you know, just like the the energy during the game. Is that would you say that this is like world class? Like, like because you did mention earlier, like go see a Madison, like everyone owes it to themselves to watch a game in Madison Square Garden. Is it just like the energy is like out the roof? Yeah, yeah. The fans, a fan, especially when the team. I mean, I guess this goes for every arena, but when the when the team is doing well, the the arena just goes crazy. I mean, I've seen two playoff games at the Garden, and it it has just been such an incredible atmosphere to watch. I've been to a ton of regular season games and and play and a couple of playoff games and yeah the the atmosphere in the arena when the Rangers are are scoring and they're they're playing well it's it's something I I love it I, I again this is a lot of bias coming from me as oh, a fan of, of the team oh, yeah. and yeah, you know I haven't been to every arena so I can't tell you how it ranks or you know I how is Chicago's arena louder than New York's like I can't answer that well but. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe not right now, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't speak for every, every arena's atmosphere, but I could tell you from the Rangers, from the Rangers stamp, standpoint, like the, the fans go crazy. There's 18,006 that I, that that's the latest number that I have in my head. That is, that's, that's the uh, so packed crazy. arena in Madison Square Garden. And then when the Rangers are doing well, I mean, even when the Rangers aren't doing well, it's it's still pretty much sold out every night. So the people people come, people come and they show up and they support the team. And there's yeah, the the fans go crazy, man. I think that's a perfect reason why we ask this question because it's about the fans that show up when the team's not doing as well as 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 well. And I think that really depends on the the team culture because there's points when Montreal was not doing well uh, with uh, Michel Therrien as coach and no one would show up and the team was depressed and all that stuff and if the team's not doing well under martin st louis at least the kids are still having fun and they're still a fun team to watch unless they're not you know all in the injured reserve but and people will still show up to the the games i was curious which two playoff games did you go see i went to go see rangers caps 2015 game five they were down three to one in that series they were down 
one nothing in that game because of Curtis Glencross scoring a goal. And then with a minute and 18 seconds to go, Chris Kreider tied it up. And then in overtime, I believe it was Ryan McDonough who scored. And the I thought the roof was going to collapse. It was that loud. Oh, and then wow, wow. and then I saw uh, Rangers and Lightning, uh, not this past season, but the season prior. It was game two. And the Rangers won that game. I believe it was three to two. Uh, and that that was crazy as well. I mean, the 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 Rangers were up two nothing in that series at the time. They they went and they went you know lost four straight. But at the time, the the place was going crazy because they like Rangers are two games away from from the Cup final in a year where no one expected this to happen. So everyone was kind of happy about it, and it, that that was that was a very cool place to be. Cool, awesome, Danny. You want to take us away here? Yeah, definitely. So, so we talk about a lot about the Rangers, um, but we want to know, like, in terms of uh, even the AHL team or the minor uh, hockey leagues, um, how large is is hockey? You know, when you, when you compare it to football and and and, and basketball um, in New York, would you say is it is it the main one? Obviously not. I think um, we just wanted to know how large hockey is perceived in New York. Um, not by tourists, obviously, but like just by uh, regular day-to-day folks. I mean, I would say that the Giants and the Knicks are are always going to be bigger, just because football and and basketball are are the bigger sports yeah. in in the country. But you you go up to most people, and they are either casual fans of the Rangers, or you know, or some. I mean, a lot of people are. are pretty damn passionate about it but like i i don't know how you know to, to rating them on an index from one to ten but i would say a lot of the city and the surrounding areas are crazy about the sport uh especially again when the, when the team is when the team is doing well or even just walking around you'll see people wearing hats and scarves and jerseys and shirts and all the yeah. like, you you see the logo everywhere uh, you don't have to walk too far in New York to to see a Rangers logo. So people, there's a there's a lot of a lot of fans around you. People are excited about the team, and it's it's a great atmosphere. Because the reason I ask Which, is because, uh, well, go ahead, March. You can go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. No, I just no, wanted ahead, to say Danny. that basically, if I if I want, this is kind of selfish thing I want to ask here, just for my own information. But if there's one thing I'd like to understand at the end of this episode is the whole di- division between the Islanders and the Rangers. And I know the Rangers are more uh, dominant in that, in that marketplace, but I still want to know, like, is it, uh, what's, what's the, uh, what's the demographic? Like, is it, is it just because it's Long Island that everybody's on the Islanders side? Is it uh, Rangers are better players? So that's why like they've had better dynasties. I just want to know, like, how, how was it perceived locally? That that whole yeah, division? I mean, usually people that are from, you know, the, most of the five boroughs, maybe maybe Queens is more Islanders for some reason, but for the most part, if you're from any any of the five boroughs, like the Bronx or you know Brooklyn or whatever, you you tend to be Rangers fan. There are there's there's a good amount of, of course, uh, Islanders, of course, a good amount of Islanders fans in Brooklyn as well. But if it's usually Long Islanders that are Islanders fans, uh, it the 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 divide is usually if you're a Giants fan, you're also a Yankees fan. And you're also a Knicks fan, and you're also a Rangers fan. But if you're a Mets you fan, go. if you're a Mets fan, then you're an Islanders, Mets, Jets, and Nets fan. That's 
usually how that works. Uh, why yeah. that is how that works uh, beats me. But that's just how <laughs> that is how most people kind of divide themselves into. Yeah. And so that, that you can you can pretty quickly tell for the most part, if you ask somebody what their favorite football team is and they say Jets, you could probably assume they're also an Islanders fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. This is so interesting. This is so so interesting for me. I love hearing about this just because uh, maybe Calgary and uh, you know Edmonton and uh, and Calgary is maybe not the best option here. But uh, I've always been super curious about the Islanders and, and the Rangers dynamic. Um, and forget about Ottawa and, and, and Toronto. Um, yeah, March, you wanted to ask something. Well, I'm like flabbergasted here by like how much yeah. sport is in New York, like. So you guys need more confused. teams, or yeah, well, this always, is crazy. Always keep them coming, dude. <laughs> you know, I thought ten, uh, Flo- sorry, Florida had too many hot. Like this is like the Yankees. So the, the Rangers are the third most searched New York sports team. Above them are the Brooklyn Nets and then the New York Yankees. Um, but there's the Mets, there's the Knicks, there's the Giants, and then if if you're including Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, the Jets, the Islanders, the what the heck is going on here, man? The Sabers. There's there's, the, there's soccer teams here too. We got NYCFC. Oh yeah, the, we got New York Red Bulls. I think they're called. Like, yeah, the yeah, Red Bulls. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, here. the soccer team too. What the heck, man? Like. I know. Because I, yeah, I, I think, I was gonna I think say, their soccer team is a good one as well. I think. I was gonna say which hat do you see the most? But like too many to too many bloody hats <laughs> yeah like, this is crazy I, I, I don't know i mean i don't keep track so i, I think it's i, the, just, I think I the just, yankees i see 100%. well yeah well the yankees you can see everywhere in the world right the yankees logo is what yeah, I, I think people just logos like in the hat. world uh but like <laughs> yeah there's if you walk down new york you will very 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 quickly see some kind of sports apparel and it's not long before within that sports apparel you see a rangers logo Nice. I'll pay attention to that the next time I'm in town. Last time I was there, I think it was 2018. I think I went there for New Year's Eve. Um, but I didn't pay attention. I think everyone was just wearing beanies or, or toques, as we <laughs> Canadians call it. Um, all right. Um, let's dive into the, the team roster, uh, the main point here. Um, can't wait to talk about that. But you've been so generous with the with the fan experience, uh, Andrew. It's uh, We almost feel like we, we've been there. So... Um, definitely encourage everyone to be there. And uh, by the way, March, I forgot in the beginning to kind of plug our, our own socials here. So I'll very quickly say that, that we, we can be found on all major social platforms at C2CTHP. So we, if you guys like this episode or our content, um, we'll be doing more and more deep dives and more and more co- hockey content. So again, C2CTHP on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else. Um, all right. Team roster. Let's let's get into it. Um, I'm looking at it right now here in front of me uh, on Cap Friendly. I I'm familiar with the, most of the players. I'm more curious in how this came, uh, how this team was built, um, and where we're anticipating for this year. So um, March, we don't really get a lot of practices. So, so how you want to lead this one? I think the last deep dive you, well, you led this one. So yeah. So I could actually. There's a couple. There's a few players I like to talk about. We might not have an, a whole lot to talk about, or sorry, we won't have a whole lot of time to talk about them all here. Yeah. But exactly. um, 
there's definitely uh, I've had my eyes with like the New York Rangers. For those who don't know, this is the top team in the NHL at the moment with a record of uh, 16 wins, four losses and one overtime loss, 33 points uh, currently at um, 13 regulation wins. Uh, for reference, for you Montreal fans, Montreal has four. So uh, there you go. Um, so with the New York Rangers, like there's players that I'm really interested in that have just totally like I I didn't like and now they're great. I thought were busts and now they're good. I thought were busts and aren't performing. There's defensemen that are top of the league or, you know, captain choices that I thought were skeptical. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that I, as a Habs, biased Habs fan, um, put down on the Rangers and I feel like they've kind of climbed back. So I'm just kind of trying to open up, uh, yeah, the line combinations. So one, I guess one player I'd like to talk about um, here. And I guess I'll start, and then maybe we'll we'll make this a, a two-parter. So Alexi Lafreniere, and I guess we could also include uh, Capo Caco to that. I think uh, both of them are having very different seasons. What are your thoughts on the start that Lafreniere has had versus the start that Caco's had, and what is the cause for both of these starts? Well, when you have a head coach that actually trusts in your ability to do things on the ice, that's what happens when with Alexi Lafreniere. Pierre Laviolette has come in and has given Lafreniere essentially a, a second wind of, hey, hey, I I believe in you. Go out there and dominate. And that's kind of what Lafreniere has done on both ends of the ice. He's he's performing well. He's He's got that swagger to him on the ice. He's he's trying out things. And sometimes maybe they don't work. But he's I like seeing that confidence in him grow every game. Something that you just didn't see under Gerard Gallant. And David Quinn as well. Those two coaches were very, were very brutally honest about them just kind of not caring <laughs> about developing young players and that mm. how that wasn't their job and that they were here to win hockey games, which is, I that's a ridiculous thing counterintuitive. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of counterintuitive. When when you have a head coach that actually believes in you to get things done, that's when you that's what you see out of Alexa Lafreniere on this on the stat sheet. Capo Caco, he only has two goals. He only has one one assist, three points in 20 games. He's also on the IR right now. But it's not I I I hate the people that will just read stats and assume that Caco mm-hmm. is not playing well because he only has three points in 20 games. Defensively, he's one of the Rangers best defensive forwards. He's been, especially mm-hmm. this season, he's really, really done a solid job defensively. He's been snake-bitten a little bit in the offensive end, but it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, there's there's been a lot of near misses and, and close shots with, 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 with Kako. And, yeah, you would like to see a few more goals out of him, but at the end of the day, he's, he's playing more. He's playing more than well in other areas of the ice that, the you obviously you would still like him to score more, but at the end of the day, it's not like he's just doing cardio out there. There's been <laughs> Rangers in the past where their primary objective was to just do cardio and then get off and then just get paid. That's not what Kako's doing, yeah. or at least that's not what he was doing before before he got hurt. He was playing well uh, at both ends of the ice. The pucks just weren't going in for him, but he but he has been playing a lot a lot you know pretty well uh, this season. But for Lafreniere, I, listen, when you, like I said, when you have a head coach that believes in you, that wants you to do well, that gives you that kind of leash, that gives you the, the confidence to, to say, listen, I know, how, I know how well you can play. I know what you can do. 
go out there and just do it. And that's what Lafreniere has been doing. I think, um, I think that's, you know, if we were going to reference, you know, Kako and compare him to a player, I guess, that was doing things right, but that wasn't getting on the score sheet. I mean, Yuri Slavkovsky in Montreal is a, is a good example of that. I mean, he was, um, you know, and so far in the past few games, I mean, he did have some some nights where he was totally invisible, but he's been doing things right. But he, the points have been coming. Now they're they're slowly getting there. Um, you know, but he's you know only on pace for 26 points this season. However, you know, I think I think it's just about you know do everything else right and the offense will come. And that's and I totally agree with you. Like you look at the points, you look at the offense, and people will judge a player's ability or a player player's potential on just points and i don't like that because there's so many parts of hockey or so many things in hockey that you need to do more i mean what's the what's the saying defense wins your championships but all we care about is offense and i just think that you need to have obviously you don't want i don't think you want to draft a defensive forward you know second overall and he gets like 10 points however like i said i think the offense will come um danny did you have anything or you want I have me to go ahead and I have okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with. At, I'm, I'm gonna go something. with one more, and then, yeah, just because there's a player here I wanted to talk about, and then I can let you go, Danny. Um, and I just wanted because I also wanted to say it because um, this guy used to be an ex-Montreal Canadian. Um, Andrew, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about here. Jonathan. Quick. Um. <laughs> yeah, Chris Kreider. Um, no, no. Um, talking about Eric Gustafson. Um. This guy was an ex-Montreal Canadian. He was a part of our defense corps that went to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, I don't think he... I think, yeah, he was there during the finals. Um, however, he only really had two points in five games in the regular season and had three points in 16 games in the playoffs. And I was really excited for this guy because, he, you know, power play, like this guy was an offensive defenseman. Uh, you know, he had near... He had 60 points with the Chicago Blackhawks only a couple of years prior. And he did nothing really for us. Um, however, it seems like he's doing really well in in New York. He's currently has 15 points, 21 games. Anything you want to talk about, Andrew, on Eric Gustafson's play, whether it's just purely offensive base or if, if he's really a success on he's doing like other things right, like we said earlier? He's been a revelation for the Rangers. Mm. This is somebody that's making essentially a league minimum. And he has not only been a threat offensively, he's doing amazing things defensively. But one of the, the key parts about his game is his transition. He, he mm. is very, very gifted at turning <laughs> defense into offense. Where yeah, where was this Rangers, with Montreal, man? The Rangers, had, <laughs> the Rangers have one of these players in, in Adam Fox. And Keandre Miller and Truba do that on occasion as well. But Eric Gustafson, every time he has the puck on this stick, he's he's looking to to either make a stretch pass or take it himself or doing something with the puck that that turns it into offense. He has been such a revelation, especially Adam Fox came back last night. But when Adam Fox was out, he was quarterback in the power play and he was doing a great job. He this I I, I was not I I was not expecting this no kind of player was. when the Rangers signed him. I knew what he could do at his best, but mm. he has surpassed all of my expectations. Eric Gustafson has been one of the, the true stars on this team so far. There are 21 games and he's, wow. he's not going to win any awards for it, but he has been one of the most unsung heroes for the Rangers so far. 31 years old. It's not like he's about to fall off a cliff here. So he's got a, a couple of years 
Definitely. If he, he's definitely reviving his career, if he's making league minimum right now. Um, great point, Andrew. So, Danny, you can go ahead. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So, I do have a couple of questions, and you know, we'll make this quick here. But basically, when you guys got um, uh, Mika Zibanejad, did you guys know at all that this is what you're getting in terms of being being what he be, has become so far? I know people that were mad at the time that Derek Broussard was going to Ottawa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I, I didn't understand, given Derek Broussard was a good Ranger, but he was never Mika Zibanejad. And I think it was, what, with a seventh-round pick? Like, okay, wait. Or it was something... I think the Rangers got Mika Zibanejad and a second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, or, so, or something along those lines. I like, think it was, it was, yeah. It was, it was just an insane trade for the Rangers to make. And it, it it has paid off in all kinds of ways. My my one gripe with Mika Zibanejad a lot of times, and he's kind of broken through that the last couple of games, but for the most part, he had like 16 or 17 games in a row this season without a five-on-five goal. He had a he had a, a an overtime goal, and he had one power play goal. He was stuck on two for a while. He didn't have much of anything at five-on-five, although his underlying metrics were were at least good. So at least, you know, he wasn't being just a complete black hole in the ice. He was still doing a lot of good things, just wasn't yeah. translating in the in the five on five offense. But now he, he scored I think two five on five goals the other night against I think it was Boston. And he's he's picking up his offense a little bit here and there. But Zabinajad is is the first line setter for this team and, and it has been that way for for pretty much ever since he got he got here. He's when when he is on his game and he is feeling himself, his shot is pretty much unstoppable, especially on the power play. If he's ripping that one-timer, it is going in the net no matter what. Uh, he is somebody that he's he's got a really, really nice pass. He can kind of just find the small... You can find the smallest hole that yeah. the puck will go through, and Zibanejad will put the, with, will pass that puck directly, you know, smack down in the middle of it, and it will go, just go on the tape of whoever is supposed to be receiving it, and that's an easy goal. He... Mm does so many little things right. And yeah, I mean, I, I get frustrated at his inability sometimes to produce a five on five, but this is somebody that, you know, does a lot of good things for this team. And the fact that the Rangers got him for Derek Broussard, it's, you know, Derek Broussard's not on the, not on Ottawa anymore, is he? But, but Zabinajad is the first line center. So <laughs> Pierre Dorian, we thank you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm looking at his contract. He's signed until 2029. So, again, uh, he's 30 years old. I don't know how that's going to look at 8.5 for another, what, uh, six years or whatever. So, um, okay. Um, What do you think of, well, kind of similar, obviously not similar in player, but similar context where uh, this is a player that made a name for himself with Tampa in uh, Barkley Goodrow. We saw the same thing happen with Calgary when uh, when uh, Coleman went there as well and made a lot of money. Um, are you guys happy with, with Goodrow and what he brings? He's obviously wearing the A this year. So um, anything you can share about Goodrow? Well, he, for some reason, was playing a lot of top six minutes under Jar Gallant and yeah. didn't do much of anything with it. And yeah. Jar Gallant saw that he didn't do a whole lot with it and continued to play him in top six minutes for some reason throughout most yeah. of last season. Uh, so I mean, Barclay Goudreau as a fourth line player is fine. Yeah, he man. is just making $3.6 million because exactly. he, because he won a cup. 
not be like That's if you point, if yeah. you want to if you want to highlight that he was you know part one part of the the line that really got Tampa Bay going in a lot of those series yes yeah well he was also the worst player on that line so it <laughs> he he's been he's been a lot less noticeably bad this year because he's playing a fourth line kind of role and he you know he's is doing a little bit better of a job defensively while he's at it but 3.6 million dollars for a fourth line player that's a lot of money and yeah i i get it that he's won stanley cups and that's great but what is he doing to help the team win now nothing nothing that's kind of what i was going yeah he's i mean you know, same thing with Calgary. Same. Get your bag. Listen, like get your bag, bro. I'm I'm always on this. I'm all, get as much money as you possibly can as a player. Yeah. Every the the Rangers gave him that contract. It's not like Varga Goudreau, yeah. you know, Robbed blackmail him. Chris Drury into giving it to him. Chris Drury willingly gave <laughs> him that contract, and Barclay Goudreau said yes, thank you very much, sir, and signed the contract. Like it's <laughs> yeah. you know, get yeah. your money, my guy. But yeah, as a as a player, he's making way too much money. For what he's what for what not only is he he's doing but what he's capable of, so uh, I'm not I I haven't been very high on him uh, yeah. since since he has been here and it's this is his third season now and uh, yeah it, my my opinion really hasn't changed he's he's part of the team but he's like I, I, I for one large. I for one wouldn't be putting money on him to score uh you know on those on those betting apps that's for sure. Yeah, he's our <laughs> he's our Mike Hoffman, right, or whatever. So, um, I'm looking at um, and and by the way, like for those that haven't seen Andrew's uh, Twitter feed, uh, he basically has the same vision march as uh, uh, with um, Gerard Gallant as you with Ducharme. So it's pretty hilarious. Tweets that he tweets sometimes. You should check it out. Gerard uh, Gallant should be sent to Siberia for stealing money from the New York Rangers. <laughs> it is it is such a crime. Such a crime Maximum of the things that he's commit that he committed while being a head coach of this team. The yeah. he did Dragalot <laughs> never oh, made the team practice. He never had adjustments during the game. He would sell yeah. timeouts on the black market afterwards because he would never use them during games when the team would really, would would need them. He he never had a plan B. He like yeah. he would play Barclay Gujo top six minutes for no reason. He had his favorites. He. Made Jacob Trouba play hurt for half the season, and he was terrible. Like it's just so many questionable decisions that he that he was making throughout his tenure, and now uh, an actual head coach comes in, and all of a sudden, the, it's virtually the same team, but they're yeah. playing so much better. Yeah, the the wins are are close, you know, to to how they were under Gallant, but the team is playing so much better that it's it's night and day. I. When yeah. when the Rangers under Gallant won games, it was it was a lot of hold on to your pants kind of hockey. But with <laughs> Peter Laviolette, the Rangers are dominating a lot of these games. It is two points are still two points no matter what. But the the way they play to get those two points is is vastly different, and it's a lot better under Peter Laviolette. I'm so glad I asked. This is exactly why I was trying to fire you up here on, and I think you can get kind of the same statements from March on on Ducharme. So, uh, Mich- actually, March. Yeah, we need a deep dive on Gerard Gallant with uh, this guy. Yeah, um, yeah. March always always had a, a fantastic joke about Ducharme putting uh, melatonin in everyone's Gatorade. Um, that's uh, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's I put so everyone good. to sleep. 
um, all right. I, I won't touch too much about Adam Fox. Uh, Jacob Truba, I think you, you've got him locked for defenseman of the year. Um, man, this guy, his hits that we see online, uh, sometimes like those reels on Kadri and, and what other others of uh, similar to uh, victims of his. Um, I guess I'm gonna I'm taking a detour here of of Truba to talk more about Keandre Miller. In your mind, is Keandre Miller another up and coming Truba on the left side, or do you see Keandre Miller kind of becoming something else like a, a Seth Jones or or something else? What do you think? Keandre Miller has more offensive capabilities than Truba, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Truba, his he's definitely I, I can't believe the 180 that Jacob Truba has done because under Gerard Gallant he was atrocious. He yeah. was awful. He's, mm. he, he, he got paid yeah. $8 million a year to be the captain of the team. Yeah, he threw the helmet. Great. All these things. But he was awful, especially defensively. There's a, yeah. There was so many times throughout the season where he would lose sight of where he was on the ice. He didn't know where his defensive partner was. And it's like, dude, like your, your partner's Kendra Miller. That has not changed. How do you, after so, after so much time, not know where your defensive partner is? Mm-hmm. He got lost a lot. He pressured the puck too much and a lot of times in the in the defensive end and left his man wide open in front of the net for some reason. There were so many strange things with Jacob Truba under Gerard Gallant that just made me irate, made a lot of fans irate. I don't know what Peter Laviolette did this did to this man, but Jacob Truba has hmm. completely turned his game around for the better. It is in, if you told me a year ago that I'd be tweeting Jacob Trouba for Norris in 2023, <laughs> I would tell you to go buy the bridge that I'm selling. Like it was, yeah. It's incredible <laughs> to see how Jacob Trouba has improved through that. And he, his defensive skills have you know, reached a, a multiple magnitudes better than what he was under Gallant. His, his his passing offensively has lo- has looked really good as well. He had a really nice stretch pass uh, a couple of, a couple of games ago. I believe that it led to a goal. I mean, he's he's been really good. Keandre Miller is one of those players that just has more to give offensively. He's but he he has a really good two way game about about him as well. There are games where you watch Miller and you go, what is he doing? I think there. I think that mm. Buffalo game. After the Buffalo game, I think I tweeted out that that was his worst game as a pro. But then he bounces back against Detroit and looks as good as he ever does. So mm-hmm. there are bumps along the way for Kendrick Miller. He's not. He's not a perfect player just yet, but he is getting there. He has such a long stick too. He has that. I like him a lot. He yeah. has that innate confidence in him that yeah. whenever someone is is pushing him or, or trying to get at his skin, he starts laughing. He starts. You know, he, he essentially essentially makes whoever's trying to get mad at him. That's the guy who's getting mad. Ken Jamila is like laughing about it. He's he he has that kind of attitude that that, that really makes you love the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a guy that always seems to find ways to score when the Rangers need him to score a goal. He he's he's got that clutch gene in him. He's he's because he's got that long stick. He's really good at managing. Odd man rushes and and these one on one plays. Keandre Miller is is a master of of kind of defending these one on one plays. He's really good at them. When he when he's on his game, and you watch him defensively, it is it is a joy to watch. There are moments where he kind of loses that, and you're wondering where. Yeah, but he's 23. Is this a different. This is a different Keandre Miller. Like what's going yeah. on? 
But then the yeah. next game, he shows up and he, you know, forgets about it and he is back to what he was. So he's he's mm, a he's yeah. a, a really good player for the Rangers and Miller Truba pairing. I mean, used to be a big question mark, but now through twenty odd games, has has looked really good. For me, March, when I look at uh, when I look at the top three defensemen, um, well, discounting here uh, Gustafson, but uh, the top three defensemen for the Rangers. Uh, for me, Adam Fox kind of reminds me uh, of Yossi. Truba kind of reminds me of Weber uh, with Nashville. And Candy Miller is that Ekholm kind of guy. So, I mean, he's not going to stay at 3.8. I'm telling you right now, in two years, uh, this guy is going to 7-8 territory for sure. So, um, okay. Um, and the last thing I want to kind of mention here, I, I'm stealing the idea just because I, I thought it was pretty interesting, but you guys have had kind of similar way as the Canadians uh, in terms of, you know, like if we do a parallel between the Rangers and the Canadians in terms of goaltending, um, you guys have, have been very lucky in having goaltending coming from uh, Shesterkin and, and Lungvis before that and Mike Richter before that, where the Canadians had uh, Patrick Roy and they had uh, Jose Theodore and Carey Price. So uh, I guess, again, it's another detour to ask you about a different player, but you guys have been lucky. I mean, Shesterkin is coming back, and Jonathan Quick has, is playing in his hometown. Um, he has completely revived, completely his his career, um, or at least you know uh, he's really having uh, some uh, a good season so far. Uh, any thoughts yeah. on the goalies? Uh, Benoit Allaire for president is what yeah. I'll say to that. Benoit Allaire is the That's goalie coach goal for the New York Rangers. Right. Uh, he, he gets the key of the city. I don't know what he does with these goalies. Yeah, I when when the Rangers signed John the Quick, Nick and I were mortified. We couldn't believe what was going on. <laughs> he was terrible the last two seasons prior to this one. He was terrible. We were it, we were in shock. Like this dude is 37. He's going to be 38 years old. He's had terrible numbers leading up to the season. What are the Rangers doing? What's happening? And then Ben Waller is like, ah, oh, it's fine. I, I got it. And John the Quick is 601 with yeah. a 938 percentage. What yeah. I I can't believe what he's doing. I genuinely can't. It, even in League preseason, minimum. he looked terrible in preseason. I'm like, oh my, like this is I I can't believe what I, what <laughs> what the Rangers do. They sign they sign this guy. He's he's washed. He can't play. And Benoit Lair said, nah, I, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know why. I don't know what you're stressing about. And now he's the, dominated. The, the I can't I can't believe how well John the Quick has played. I don't think anybody can believe how how well John the Quick has played. And Shostakin no, is yeah, he's he's a Vesna winner. Oh, he, what what can I say about him that hasn't already been said by you know every Rangers fan on the planet and people that have watched Rangers play a single game, yeah. whatever Shostakin's playing. He's he's one one of if not the best goalie in the league, and the Rangers are should be favored in pretty much every game that he's starting it. So. It, it's it going from Jockaman, you know, Eddie Mio and Richter and Lundqvist and Sisterkin. Rangers have have had their way with goalies, and it's it's always great to see when the Rangers always have their franchise goalie. And then there seems like Edmonton that can't find any goalie that can make any save. Hey, so they have Jack Campbell. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> they have they have him. Listen, they have him. But yeah, they, that's about, that's about it for right now. But that's yeah, it. yeah that, that's all they have. They have the, the Rangers um, always find a way to get great goaltending. Some other teams maybe should steal the formula because they they need it. Let's. Hey, March, uh, hey March, another player that played for the Rangers um, is another goalie. Sorry, 
It's a shout out to Kirby here. It's a John Van B. Booker, oh no! Whatever his name is, <laughs> John Van Dam. He worked. Yeah, it's a yeah, Van Beesbrook. Yeah, I can't yeah, pronounce Van Beesbrook. We, we just of... we joke with Kirby saying no one knows who that is. Uh. We had a, we had the uh, Florida Cats, um, Florida Panthers uh, podcast member on our show, and and he was a huge fan of that goalie. So uh, we like to yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we chirp him. I was gonna say. Um, put your and obviously everyone has bias, but I'll say put your bias out out of the way. I consider these two top two goalies in the league, but I don't have necessarily uh, a one and two ranking. But I'm sure you will. But if you could choose, because um, you obviously know what one of them looks like on your team, but if you had to, if you could choose the other, would you rather have Igor Shosturkin or would you rather have Ilya Sorokin? Yeah, I mean that's a tough question. Uh, it's, I I think these are the two of the best goalies in the, on the planet. So whatever mm-hmm. you decide to go with, is is kind of up to you. I mean, I I as a Rangers fan will always pick Shesterkin just because I've seen mm-hmm. what this man can do for the Rangers on a daily basis. I've seen him essentially taking the the Lundqvist path of I am going to bail this team out and we are going to win this game no matter what this team is doing in front of me. I've seen Shesterkin do that for the Rangers on on many given nights throughout his uh, so far young career with this team. That I know Sorokin has done similar things, and I know Sorokin is right in the thick of things and and right there with Shesterkin in terms of his skill level. But Shesty has a Vesna, right? So you you, you gotta you this gotta give it. This is true. This is true. Yes, but I will say, and I promise, I'll, when we do a New York Islanders deep dive, uh, we'll have you. Well, first, I'll ask this question to whoever we interview, but I'll also get you back on the podcast to do a stone cold entrance um, when we start talking about the, these two goalies. Um, the only reason I'm asking that is just because obviously like it, it, it stems from like um, a little bit of a, a bias for me, like concerning like who's the best goalie in the ever. And I always say Hashik. I'm not a Mark Tambrodier fan and I don't like to I'm, I'm never going to hide that um, just because I feel like. Um, goalies are very voodoo and goalies, uh, you know, a one man, one man in between two pipes can be heavily um, defined by the team around them, especially if, uh, you know, they don't have a whole lot of high danger shots. It's very low yeah. danger. Their, their defense is always boxing everyone out, all that stuff like that. And for the most yeah, part, well, these goalies well, are to, neck and to neck. Add, to add to the real quick, to add to that conversation, yeah. we, when, we, when we were on the podcast talking about the awards when, when they were being given out, we were arguing that Sorokin should have won the Vesna last year because mm. without without him, the Islanders win four games. He was yes, that I, good. Yeah, yeah, I so know. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really an, it like, you know, I, I say Sorokin as a Rangers fan, but if you if you pick Sorokin, you're not necessarily like these these clothes are so close together that it's it, it's tough to to give one way or the other. But Sorokin without without him, the Islanders win nothing last especially exactly. last season yes he he carried yeah. them to so many wins that you know he he should have won it for sure yeah and that and obviously this stems and that and i agree with you 100 because and we're almost going into a new york islanders deep dive here but in terms of sorokin i mean like obviously uh shesty has the 935 however um Sorokin did have a nine, I think nine twenty or something last year, which was a little bit better than Shesterkin. And so far, he's just behind Shesterkin in save percentage, but the teams are so different. And a lot of the, 
Islanders hockey really stems from a very defensive based. I mean, we were all praying that the the you know the cup final wouldn't be Montreal versus the New York Islanders because we'd all fall asleep. <laughs> we fell asleep anyways. But yeah. the thing is, um, they've moved on from the Barry Trot system, I think, and it's just they don't have like these high high scores. Their best center is probably you know Bar- is Barzell and Horvat, who aren't necessarily you know McDavid and Drysaddle here. So it's really interesting to see what he's been doing. And then you look at the New York Rangers and where they're at, you know, will Shesterkin, could Shesterkin do what he's doing now on a New York Islanders team? So I always like to stem that debate with not just Rangers fans, but Rangers or just fans in general, because, but I do nonetheless consider both these goalies um, top in the world, especially Shesterkin. So I would love to, it's always interesting to, to also discuss how old these players are They're you know, because of how much time they spend in Russia. Um, you know, Shostak is 27 already, and 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 take it from me, I remember when Carey Price was 27. Uh, you know, he became 33 pretty quickly. So, um, you know, you gotta you know win within this window, and then sooner or later these injuries come and they they get worn down, they start playing less games. So, and I think uh, luckily the Rangers have a team around them. So, um, well, I was gonna say wish you the best, but we're not done yet. So. Danny, anything else we want to talk about? I do have one, of, uh... and I'm sorry if we're stretching this a little bit, Andrew. So we do thank you for your time. Um, no I do have one question, and I do have an advantage over you, Andrew, just because I'm looking at the actual cat-friendly <laughs> page here. Unless you are also as well, um, <laughs> I'm looking at it at the same time here, and I'm telling you right now, Alexis Lafreniere, three years left. Um, Candy mm-hmm. Miller, three years left. Igor Shosturkin, two years left. Right now, you have 100K in salary cap. What the hell, man? What, what is going to happen here? I mean, you can you can dump Bonino and you can dump Goudreau, uh, maybe Vincent Trocek, but at some point, like, there's no more money. Like, uh, uh, before is that the Andrew, window? Is, is that two years? Is that the window? Before he before he answers that, I was just going to say, don't dump Trocek. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, uh, the the expectation, which has been, I guess, the expectation for a couple of years now, is that the salary cap will increase by a wide margin, which should make this a little bit easier for this team. Now, again, there's still going to have to be some some decisions made. Barclay Goudreau is going to be moved out at some point in the near future, I would have to imagine. Uh, some other trades might have to happen in order to facilitate you know these contracts uh these new contracts to be signed what that looks like is tough to answer only because we haven't seen the cap go up by as much as we've expected it to so mm-hmm. i don't know the answer to that and i don't no. think chris drury knows the answer to that either i think I he is very much focused on winning right now 100%. and kind of dealing with all of that when it comes later because like I said the salary cap should in theory go up by a good by a good percentage soon yeah. so with that in mind we back, just so. we if we don't know what the number is we have you know we can always just speculate but right now I don't think Chris Drury is thinking about Lafreniere's next contract I think he's worried about <laughs> his team is 16-4 in one <laughs> Okay, well, Kako is on IR. Heedle is on IR. Let's just, get someone else. Yeah. Let let's, let's you get know, it. yeah, like let's just stay as healthy as we can, and then just continue to build off of the success, and let's see what we need come the deadline, and then take it from there. I I don't think he's worried about 
Keandre Miller's next contract right now. Uh, I think he's right now more most you know focused on on this season, especially with the looming cap boost soon. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that, I think everything is right. Everything else besides the season right now is a is a secondary concern that he's that's out of his field of view. That's a great answer, and and honestly, I think you handled it like the best way possible. To be honest with you, because I did throw you a difficult one here, and the same thing, March. Like as just as as a side comment for other teams around the league, like you cannot have eight eight teams win the next two Stanley Cups. Like it's not gonna happen. <laughs> So you got Colorado with that thing. You got Tampa trying to do one more, one more one, one more run. Sorry, with that roster. You got Drysaddle and McDavid probably splitting up soon. You got Matthews who's about to sue the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like you, you got, you got a whole bunch of teams, including the Rangers. The Devils are up, com- up and coming as well. Like you cannot have all these teams really, really well positioned to win a cup. All will, all win with the next two, three years. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be very interesting, and a lot of uh, fan bases are going to be deeply disappointed. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. That's, a good um, that's pretty much it for me, unless of the roster. We didn't really let you uh, express. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about more specifically about the current roster, uh, Andrew? Team is good. So far? Keep keep watching, because this team this team is it's it's not only that they're good, but they're just fun to watch. This is a very fun team right now. And yeah, I mean I'm a Rangers fan, so I, I when the the Rangers are 16, what they've won almost every game. So yeah, I mean as a, as a fan, this is this is great. This is a lot of fun. But just yeah. like, as a as a hockey fan, they're a fun team to watch. How they you know how they move their their structure right now under Laviola, everything is running according to plan. I, when when you lose Adam Fox for almost an entire month, and yeah. also Filipino, which who was playing really well up until his his injury, and the Rangers turn around and said, "Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. We're gonna win anyway." Like that's that's wild. You don't you don't lose your Norris winning defenseman and one of your best forwards and kind of just shrug it off and continue to win. Like this team is crazy right now and. We we mm. talked about this in, in recent episodes of, you know, that scene from The Office where Andy goes, uh, how do you, you know, I wish you knew that you were in the good times before you left them. The mm-hmm. Rangers and the Rangers mm. fans right now are in the good times. Appreciate them. 100%. This is, this is not something that happens every day. Most teams nope. don't go 16-4-1 and one start the season with everything going well. Like, just cherish, cherish these moments because – how quickly we forget the the letter that the Rangers sent out a few years ago when they were yeah. terrible. Oh and, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it, things things can change very rapidly. So they're a fun team. Yes, they keep they winning. Just cherish every minute and every goal and every win because the these kinds of records don't happen very often. Fantastic. Um, extremely well said. Um, very wise. March, I'll finish off with the team roster here by just giving a stat here. Maybe we can do this more often for all our deep dives. Um, current height, weight, and um, uh, average uh, for the for this season for the Rangers, it's six foot two, two hundred two pounds, and the average age it's twenty eight years old. Um, mm. All right. So I think, um, uh, I think Jonathan Quick puts that up a bit, but yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Quick, <laughs> uh, Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a few. Systems. Oh yeah, yeah, forget it. Yeah, Wheeler too. Um, okay. So what I can do here, Danny, is I can talk. I uh, just we can kind of get through the um, 
we can kind of reference here uh, management and ownership. I do have a, a little bit of a question here for that. Okay. And then we can see what else we want to talk about uh, after that, unless you have anything you want to go over right now. Um, no, go ahead. Okay, so management ownership. So one question I have for you, Andrew, is because you just referenced that letter that was sent out um, to the fans and all that stuff. Well, you know, it's well known and obviously this is a New York Rangers deep dive and all that stuff. But at the same time, as a Montreal Canadiens fan, it's hard for me not to reference Montreal because it's the only thing I can reference in terms of comparisons. And it's a pretty good reference anyways, considering we have uh, Jeff Gorton as our uh, vice president. Or no, I don't know. I didn't know what he is, to tell you the truth. President of Hockey Ops. And then we have Kent Hughes. But um, so far, Montreal fans are starting to kind of you know, look into what this management from Montreal is actually doing. And obviously, you know, draft records and stuff like that with Vitaly Kravtsov, Capo Caco, Alexis Lafreniere. And then you look at uh, Montreal with Yuri Slavkovsky and David Reinbacher over um, Matt Vivmichkov. What exactly would you say is the major difference when you switched from between? Because did it go from, um, and Gorton was GM with you guys, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and then they went to Chris Dury. Yeah. Okay. What would you say the major difference? Um, I mean, maybe it wasn't right from the start, but what do you think they're doing better? Was it development? Is it necessarily um, their 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 staff selection in terms of their the the changes they've made, um, devotion to really uh, the fans? What would you say the main difference is that you've seen from those both those two managements? Uh huh. I mean, it's tough to say because especially. When Jeff went to Montreal, he took his right-hand man, Nick Bobrov. Uh, with oh, him. yeah. Yeah, don't mind me. Nick, yeah. Nick Bobrov <laughs> is the is Jeff Gordon's favorite draft guy. For better oh, or for worse, oh. that's his guy. So Rangers don't have Nick Bobrov anymore, and now they can, by default, maybe draft a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, <laughs> the Rangers what, they, what, what they've done over the past decade plus is if they had a draft pick within the first like five or 10, it was not going well. But if, but if they drafted later, they, they were really good at it. Like Kendra Miller was a late first round pick. Obviously Shusterkin was a, was, I think was a fourth round pick. Like they, they do a really good job of, for some reason, the easiest picks are the hardest for them. But, as as it gets later on in the draft, like that's when they find really good players. I don't know what the what there's got to be a science behind it. I just I I'm not smart enough to understand it. But the what the, in terms of difference, I mean, it's tough to say. It the, Jeff Jeff had one vision for the team, and to his credit, I mean, the Rangers did have a lot of successful years under him. I think with Chris Drury. He's not necessarily, you know, a spotless record, especially with the the Goudreau signing and, you know, a lot of these contracts being kind of bloated and Mm -hmm. uh, no GMs are going to be perfect. I mean, I'm sure at the time, like L.A. won those two cups. And and even then, I'm sure I think it was Rob Blake at the time. uh, I'm sure some of those some of the decisions that that he made wasn't ideal. And, you know, every every GM is not going to be batting a thousand. But over, overall, Chris Drury has uh, this kind of vision that he's put together right now. And to his credit, for the most part, is paid off. I can't believe Jonathan yes. Quick is playing as well as he has. 
Uh, I wish Barclay Goudreau would not be making that kind of money. Also, Blake Wheeler is very slow. Uh, so I would, yeah, I wouldn't have signed him. He's, he's according but, to the analytics, yes, like he's, exactly. he, he blocks shots pretty well and he's still got he's he's still passed the puck like anybody else. In the, you know, he's, he, he's still really good at passing, but he is slow. He is so slow. And he's <laughs> for some reason playing on the first line. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I would have to imagine that Chris Drury is working the phones and, you know, kind of building a potential list of, who he's going after at the deadline. And I would have to think that that is going to be an area that right wing, the top six right wing slot is going to be addressed come the deadline. Maybe they bring back Tarasenko. Maybe they go somewhere else. Like, I don't, I don't know, but that spot will be addressed at some point in the near future. Barkley Goudreau played top six minutes for, for the Rangers last season until they, for some reason, brought in Patrick Kane on one hip and then, and then Goudreau went down to the fourth line. So, Maybe it's yeah. that kind of similar situation where Blake Wheeler is kind of a stopgap. And then when the Rangers finally do make that trade, he slides down, maybe even sits for a little bit. Who knows? But he's he's got the vision, and to his credit, it's it's paid off. I think, um, and I'm not saying you're focusing on the negatives here, but I do think, obviously, most people will say, well, you don't want to build in free agency because what's that going to get you? And I think Chris Drury has uh, done a good job in terms of obviously maybe not a Goudreau signing. And obviously that's a Stanley Cup contract. Um, <laughs> and and those are always tough to swallow. But and, and when it came out, and I will say this, when it came out, I wasn't a fan of Panarin's contract. I said, holy mackerel, man, like this guy's making a pretty penny. And, you know, you look at Vincent Trocek and it's just like, you know, at at the time you're like you know this is a, you know yikes like where are, you know where are these players you know you're getting prospects slaughtered down and all this stuff but you got to give it to them and you got to give it to the rangers some of these things pay off like where would you be without panarin at the moment right so like i just you know and it's about signing the right players in free agency and you know what if it's a couple million over who cares you care because at the moment because the cap doesn't go up but um, I do believe it's supposed to go up around four million uh, for the next year, and then who knows what subsequently after that. But um, slowly, these contracts will be a little less pain painful. However, you know, being top in the po- team and points and all this stuff, it doesn't hurt to have a contract like that for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think any Rangers fan lately. I'm sure there were maybe four people that desperately need to go touch grass that hated Panarin's contract at the time, <laughs> but Panarin has been the, a superstar for the Rangers mm-hmm. since he since he's joined. I mean, this man genuinely has more games with more than one point with the Rangers sweater on than games without a point at all. Like, he is, he is a superstar, and there's no other way to put it. Uh, he's shooting the puck a lot more this season, which something that he, for some reason, kind of went away from under Gerard Gallant. More aerodynamic. He's shooting the puck a lot more. He's got 12 goals already on the season. I mean, he's he's uh, a, a massive, massive reason for the Rangers' success. Yeah, and bringing back Jimmy Vesey, you know, a lot of these small decision, decisions that Dre has done were great. So, like I said, everything, that, everything that's come together. At the time, Nick and I didn't get the Trocek signing either because the idea was is that Philip Heel mm-hmm. was going to be the second line center. So why would you bring in Trocek mm-hmm. for 
nearly six million dollars a year to be what the third line center why you mm-hmm. know it didn't make any sense yeah. but 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 you know it, it pays off in situations like these where Filipino goes down with a concussion no one has any idea when he's coming back because he's had a history of concussions up to this point yeah. no one knows you know he's skating on his own now which is a which is a, a step in the right direction but he still has a long way to go. He hasn't been practicing with the team yet or anything. So he's still a ways to go. No one knows when he's coming back or, or what his status is like. And but Vincent Trocek has stepped up in his role and has been terrific. So mm-hmm. it's another one of those things where at the time it, it, it didn't make any sense. But now with everything going well, you can see the vision. You can see why Chris Drury wanted Trocek so much. And it's paid off. Trocek is playing very well yeah. this season, and he's been he's been great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good analysis. I really enjoyed uh, you describing that because um, usually there's not a whole lot to really uh, analyze with um, with a current member or ownership membership ownership or, or management. But uh, you know, especially since you guys changed, um, you know, in in, in most recent uh, past. Um, it's a good comparison to look back and see what's uh, what the real difference is. And obviously, there's there's a little bit of a I don't know what you would call it. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But essentially, like there's a point where you're like, well, this is all going so well. When's it going to come crashing down? Um, but like Danny said, you got some contracts to sign in a couple of years. But right now, since you know the Rangers were doing pretty poor, and I always like to make this comparison, especially with Montreal. We saw you in 2014. We saw you in 2017, and you guys are still up. You guys are still at the top. I mean, obviously, we've all, we've both had our ups and downs um, through those through this decade. However, you know, Montreal has been down for for a little bit, and you guys are still back up there. And that just tells you that you know when you guys you, you, your ups and downs, obviously, they come and go. But at least you can get back up there. Right now, we're kind of been stagnant and, and you know, kind of bottom feeders for a little bit. But that's because we didn't choose to retool for the 400th time with Bergevin. We decided to start new. But uh, yeah, when you, when you say Nick Brabrov, that gives uh, both Danny and I nightmares. So, well, we all uh, we got lucky because of Pan- like Panarin wanted to come here, and check, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. The time. By the way, guys, sorry to cut you off, Andrew. I just wanted to check to say while you guys were talking about Panarin, I went to see the contract that he signed with Gorton, um, and that was a year exactly after Tavares. So I, I know this is kind of a comment here, but like uh, Tavares must have been doing something good because the following year, Gorton was like, oh, yeah, of course, it makes total sense to give 11.6 uh, to someone, you know? So, yeah, to your point, Andrew wanted to continue about Panarin, but yeah, he wanted to play there and he hasn't disappointed, but he has worked out a thousand times better than Tavares. Well, Tavares like, also has lost his uh, yeah, Right, I mean, he's he's not as fast as as he used to be, and you saw that in the playoffs last season. That yeah. team yes. really, really skated circles around him, for, you know, for lack of a better term. Like yeah. they they figured out yeah. that his weakness is his skating, and and they exploited it pretty heavily. And that's how the Leafs lost mm-hmm. again. Like it obviously wasn't you know the only reason they lost, but when you're when when you know your your top when your top line center is is losing his speed teams can kind of figure out okay well hey all we have to do is attack the middle of the ice for for mm-hmm. what 25 minutes of, of a game 
and yeah. you have that space and you can create a lot of you create a lot around around uh, a lot around that so Tavares mm. is still an exceptional player. I'm not trying to say anything negative about him as as a player, but his skating is not as good as it you know was with the Islanders. That's no. uh, that's not a that's not a secret. That's not a that's not me breaking any news here. But, but the Rangers were it going through were about to go through a massive rebuild, and then Panarin's like, yeah, yeah. but hold on, can mm-hmm. I come? Yeah, and that just kind of yeah. expedited the entire process. That that yeah sped that's everything true. up tenfold and we're here and now we're here so i think that's what calgary tried to do with didn't want to come but, here yeah. the rangers could be you know a totally different team but and it probably probably yeah, would be a true. totally different team but because Pernera was like wait hold on but like i know that you're not gonna be good but i want to be here can i be here and the rangers were like sure and now we're here so you know a lot yeah. a lot could and probably would have been different uh, if Panarin didn't do that, uh, I was gonna say, I, and I have this r- unbelievable, like, I, and this is a totally original idea. Don't take, you know, you can take it if you want. Have you guys thought about reuniting Panarin with Patrick Kane? I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, well, <laughs> how many hips yeah. does he have? The eyes are planned. <laughs> hey, who knows? But. Uh, no, I just uh, that was a, that was a shame. That was really that was a huge thing last year. But, anyways, um, Danny, I, I guess I'll just go through with my end here. Just finish off for myself, yeah, of asking, and then I, I can get you to do the rest here. So, um, just kind of moving on here. What we'll, we'll, I'm just gonna basically ask you this question: What are your obviously making the playoffs is probably a part of your predictions. But where, how far do you see this Rangers team going this season? I it's tough no, to answer. No pressure. Twenty games. Yeah, in. I mean it's it's tough to answer because I I want to see what they do at the deadline. I want to see the cutums that they make and and how this goes. It's still just so early to 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 talk about these things because it's still November. Yeah, the Rangers yeah. are winning a bunch of games and it's a lot of fun yeah. and all these things. We haven't even crossed to December yet. I yeah. it's it's really tough. Hey, it's to, happening tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> may, at the, at the All Star break, you know, it'd be a little bit easier for me to answer that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. right now, it's like we still have almost like sixty games left to play. There's a lot of hockey to be played. So, I you know, I don't want to give these overarching predictions twenty games in and and have it come back to bite. Like, yeah, if the Rangers continue to play like this, then they have a really good shot of going all the way. But what, how they play in April and May, could be totally different than how they play now. So, I, I don't. Yes, that's you know, very true. Tough to answer. But it, but it, at the same time, I, I take a lot of pride in understanding, and and you know, it's, and I say I take a lot of pride because a lot of people seem to always forget every year. You know, the President's Trophy winner doesn't necessarily mean you're the Stanley Cup winner, and and that necessary that's because the playoff hockey is so different. Than regular season hockey because it's not about the two points it's about winning and 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 about wearing down the team and stuff like that and when i asked you know when we ask these predictions it's about do you think the players on your team right now are the type of players that are you know because it's not just about getting stanley cup winners like a like oh we got a you know goudreau barkley goudreau but at the same time he's not really performing in the regular season but is he a player that might 
be like that chip on the shoulder fourth line. Like when Montreal went to the Stanley Cup final, my favorite line was the fourth line with Eric. Well, I won't give him. Well, okay. At this point, that entire fourth line is controversial, but uh, Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Joel Armia. So, you know, but anyways, but my favorite line was that line because of how good they were. And the thing is, you know, the scoring can disappear. And I think we've seen that with New York before. And a goalie can go down, but you have Jonathan Quick, and can he keep it up? So we always make the joke of Demko in Vancouver slips on a banana peel, or Danny says it slips on an eggshell, <laughs> and, and you know then that's it, the season's over. But um, it's about having depth. So I, if you know, obviously yes, it is early, but you know the Rangers. It's not like the Rangers haven't been to the playoffs before, um, especially recently. So I I, I do think I'd, I'd give them some credit. I think. This team, like you said, is playing better than they did uh, with without uh, Gerard Gallant. They look different. Um, so may, I think maybe a fair prediction is to go a little farther. Do they win the Stanley Cup? No one can know that. But I do think it, they all look to themselves, and I think they can go um, you know, at least past the first round here. So anyways, Danny, do you have any predictions for them or... What you hey, think about you, the, you know me Rangers? about the predictions. I don't know about if you know about that, Andrew. But uh, <laughs> last year I predicted Boston will will uh, will finish dead last and get Bedard, and they they had a record season. And uh, just... It sounds very similar to what I did coming into this year, where I said the Sabers were going to make the playoffs and knock out the Bruins, oh, yeah. and they would make the playoffs, and here we are. So yeah, yeah. I I bought the snake oil on Buffalo. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I also bought the snake oil on on uh, on Vancouver, and I said uh, I said Vancouver will finish dead last and get uh, Celebrini or whatever his name is, and <laughs> and they're having another fantastic season. So not another, but like a yeah. fantastic. Season. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the opposite. So so yeah, for me, it doesn't the work. Rangers. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the <laughs> San Jose next year is is a lock for the Stanley Cup. So, <laughs> true. Um, all right. Um, you know, look. I, Obviously, a team that is uh, right there, ready to win, with some players averaging 23 years old, some players averaging uh, in their late 30s. Um, not much prospects, unless you do know some. Um, we can very, very quickly go over that in 30 seconds. Otherwise, um, do you know of, of any noteworthy prospects that the Rangers have right now that you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, I know there's a couple in college right now. Um, the Rangers, I'm blanking on this name because I'm not good at prospects. There's uh, also Othman, Brennan Othman. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, Brennan Othman right now in the AHL. Uh, I, I, I think the Rangers are making the right decision right now to just kind of keep him there yeah. as opposed to mm, kind of doing yeah. this yo-yo back and forth. Just give him the first line minutes. <laughs> just That's give him all the power play that. time and all that. Just let him, let him continue to grow. You know, in the AHL with all those opportunities yeah. as opposed to him either sitting up in the in the press box or him playing eight minutes with Barclay Goudreau. Those eight minutes are not going to help him <laughs> be a better player. I'll tell you that right Can now. Can you send this? Uh, we need to send this episode to Gordon. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, because um. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the names like Gabriel Perot and Yeah, that's um, that's that's exactly what I was saying. Recent. Gabriel Gabriel Perot has been dominating, absolutely mm-hmm. dominating college hockey. Uh, I, I follow people that follow prospects and understand prospects a lot more than I do. And they have me very, very interested in Gabriel Perot. He has been on a, on a whole different level from everybody else right now in college. And it is, it is very interesting to, 
you know, as a Rangers fan to, to watch that from a from and, far. Yeah. And, and, you know, 20 points in 14 games, very good, good playmaker as well. The, you know, and, and one thing about it, Danny is, you know, how big of a fan I am of uh, Jacob Fowler. Well, he plays on the exact same team as Jacob Fowler. So there you go. Um, you're, you're, you're welcome, uh, Andrew, for the, you know, the, the tendy backup there, uh, given uh, Gabriel Perot better sure, plus minus, no but anyways. <laughs> and, that, and that year, anyways. March, we got Reinbecker, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go over the yeah. jerseys. Let's, let's get back to a little bit of uh, kind of uh, goofy things. So uh, Rangers, we always ask this for every deep dive that we do. We kind of finish off with the, with this and, uh, and a few things. So um, jerseys, where would you rank the blue shirts uh, in the league? Uh, what's your vision on that? Uh, anything you want to share about the the alternative ones or the retro ones that you guys had? Anything at all you want to comment? I mean, the blue shirts are one of the best jerseys in the league. Uh, the regular, you know, home and aways are are clean. They don't, I mean, don't fix what's not broken with with them. Uh, the alternates last year were okay. I think they needed more either stripes down the you know maybe at the bottom of the jersey or something because you know all blue at the you know down the middle is like uh with the logo was kind of hoping for a little more uh it wasn't a, wasn't a whole wasn't a big fan of it um i like the lady, lady liberty i like the the idea me too i just wish they had more on the jersey itself um so, so it just it kind of felt empty a little bit it kind of looked like a practice jersey at times uh wasn't you know wasn't too heavy on those um but mm-hmm. Overall, the, I mean, the Rangers normal jerseys are iconic. classics. Uh, yeah, they're iconic, and they haven't really changed at the years. And why should they? When something is as you know memorable and as as clean as they are, why why change anything if you don't have to? So I I think they're very good. I think they're clean. Where would they rank in I, the league, in, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, they're they're one of the best, I think, for sure. Uh, where in particular? I mean, it's tough to say because I think a lot of teams' alternate jerseys are really cool, like the Kachinas and the you know the there Mighty Ducks ones and the Calgary Flames, the Blasty ones. I mean, like those are really cool. So I I love a lot of teams' alternate jerseys in terms of like the normal ones. I mean, it's I don't know, it's tough to say. I think the Ottawa Senators black ones. Those look really nice. The black and reds with the with like the old logo that, mm-hmm. that they're using now. I I like that one the mm-hmm. best out of all of them. Please Ottawa at Ottawa Senators. Don't change the logo again. Please don't. It, it this one's the best. Don't don't change it. I beg you. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my knees at this Walmart <laughs> right now begging. Please don't 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 change it. Um, but like there's a there's a lot of cool jerseys. Vancouver's got the the skate. You know that that one looks really clean. Um, yes. Kind of disagree there. You know, like yeah. they obviously you guys are Montreal fans, so the 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 Habs jerseys is, is is iconic, and you know don't don't change that one. I don't I didn't like their blue retro reverse ones. Nobody. No, well, I, 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 I didn't I didn't understand yeah. I didn't understand that one. The Habs are red. Yeah, no one does. Keep them red. There's I don't I I I didn't get that one at all. But yeah, there's the the original six have clean jerseys, and they haven't really changed because they shouldn't because they're iconic. So. And, yes, um, I agree. And then, and then I'll finish off with this March, so and you can go on. But um, you mentioned numerous times, don't fix what, don't fix what's not broken. Man, I had to like double, triple check this while you while you guys were talking earlier today. 
um, just to make sure that I am not seeing wrong things here. But you guys don't have any ads on your jerseys. Is that right? No. No, we, I mean, the Rangers My have God. helmet ads. Yeah, but, but so, that's okay, but not on the jersey. Well, well, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, if it helps the team bring in revenue, that's, it's fine. I, 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 I don't like seeing them. But ultimately, if it helps the team get more money in, then it's whatever. But, but right now, you yeah, they don't have any, levels. they don't, yeah. Yeah, they don't have it. That's, well, I mean, so when you're lucky. the New York Rangers and you're valued at es- essentially a it's quintillion dollars, yeah, I, you might not need them. Value. Well, we also are, you know, I, you know, it's wink, wink, we're not too bad leaks. either. But yeah. yeah, but that's that doesn't count. Um, we're technically second. But anyways. Yeah. Um, no, but imagine but, like if you know, the Rangers, they had like, a, you know, freaking Google or something like on, on their jersey. Like it's just... <laughs> It makes no sense. That's that's what we're going through right now with this RBC crap on 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 the hands. Well, uh, well, the thing about yeah, the thing about uh, Montreal that was one of the few teams, and and I took pride in this was we didn't have one on our away jerseys, and yeah. and I was so happy about that. And it was funny a week before we'd made that uh, to Air Canada, um, I was really you know I thought about it, and then we made it to Air Canada. I was like, well, there there goes that, but. Yeah. Um, it's also about having a nice blend, but w- the the concern here is when does it stop? You know, like like you know we're seeing the um the the, the I I don't know about the Stanley Cup final patch, but we're seeing like you know certain patches and stuff being moved and like all this stuff, and it just looks yeah. so stupid. Like just because of a of an ad, like put the ad somewhere else, like on the shoulders or like I don't know, like yeah, I mean uh, it, it I, looks it looks it doesn't look the greatest. I I. Yeah, uh, it also you have to think about the the contractual obligations with when when teams and companies sign these contracts. I haven't seen them, but I would have to imagine that they are they pay the, the these companies pay a lot of money for the space. So hey, you know if company X were to come to a team and say hey we want we want to pay to have our logo on your jersey, we're gonna pay you seven bajillion dollars to do it but we want it to be you know at this particular spot of your jersey and you can't move it i would have to imagine that that is why these patches are moved to the shoulders or whatever else because of those kinds of obligations yeah and the the thing is like i I just feel like that's more towards going like we know hockey's a business but that's now like confirming hockey's a business because now it's like it's 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 like okay, who cares about tradition? We care more about revenue, and it's in like we don't make the money. Like we we're fans, so no fans are gonna be like, well, I'm not gonna say no fans gonna be like, hey, more money, let's go. But at the same time, like I could care less how much money the the Molsons get. Like I care more about my more team's money success helps and, the salary cap go up, and that means everybody just gets paid more. So yeah, or it's, or it's great. It's ultimate. It's objectively great for the league. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not great like in the moment when your team is celebrating and they have the ad on the jersey or whatever. But at the, at the end of the day, it helps. It helps the league generate revenue. It helps the salary cap go up and everybody just gets paid more. And we don't have to see minimum contracts for under a million dollars. Like it's almost 2024. Can we figure that out, please? Well, especially yeah, when you count that uh, versus the NBA. Like uh, yeah, the the worst player on an NBA player team is making forty million a year or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, and that has to do with just. Uh, and he, all he has to do is that, run in yeah. uh, in sneakers uh, and in tennis shoes and then just uh, throw the ball. You know, that's it. 
you can tell we're not an NBA or a basketball pod, pod, podcast. So, anyways. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Danny, you want to close us off with our usual? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, Andrew, this has been so fun having you on. Uh, um, was there anything about the the Rangers that we you felt that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about more? Um, fun team. Go watch them. Even there, even if you're not a Rangers go. fan, like this is this is a yeah. team that just wins despite everything. They just they they don't they they hate losing and they refuse to do it. They still haven't lost back to back games and it's December. Like I that doesn't happen very often. I know I know Boston was was really big at it last season as well, but I want to reiterate that teams don't usually win this often and they don't usually look this good while doing it. So Rangers fan or not, this is just a fun team to watch. And if you haven't, tune in and just watch them play. They're fun. That's so well said. Um, I can't thank you enough for being with us. You've been an awesome guest. You've been so insightful and knowledgeable. We talked about about Nick being uh, knowledgeable, but my my friend, you did not disappoint one bit. Um, I felt like I learned so much about the Rangers tonight. And this is kind of why we do this for our audience as well, whether they cheer for another player or not. You guys, you know, I mean, yourself, Andrew, but you guys really represented the Rangers really, really well. And I invite all of you uh, listening out there to um, uh, tune in to Andrew's podcast, the uh, Liberty Blue pod. Uh, pod. And uh, Andrew, you want to just remind us one last time of your socials before we close this off? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, no. Hey, Andrew, don't do that. Don't do it. I got one. Qu- we got one more question. OK, man. OK. <laughs> OK. That's an overtime hey. question. OK. Yeah, it's not overtime. It's uh, you know, it's a tradition around here. So, on on our podcast, oh, yeah, we like to ask. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyways, yeah, he's in vacation mode at the moment. I am um, gone already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to ask our uh, guests of uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of NHL players. This can be from the Rangers all time. Your you know favorite prospects in terms of maybe Team USA. Like I don't. It doesn't really matter. It could be a mix of everything. Uh, but four uh, players you'd put on a Mount Rushmore. Uh, go. Uh, I mean, you're putting me on the spot. It's so hard to answer <laughs> that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's so hard when you when you look through everything and all the players that have played in this league and you know just how much of an impact they made on the sport itself. So it's it's so hard to answer that. Uh, just say Victor Hedman. It's gonna get Danny going. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's gonna be put on there. Uh, on my, my even his own, his own himself, uh, he won't even put himself. Yeah, but I mean, it, like, it's it's so it's it's impossible to answer this, but especially if you you don't narrow it down. If you want to, if you want to just say, oh, you know, top four goalies or top four whatever, that's one thing. But if it could be any team, any position, it's it's really yes. tough to say. And but any I'll, era. As I'll, well. I'll I'll avoid the question, but I think I'll 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 make mm. you a little bit happy here by saying that I do think that Dominic Hasek is the best goalie of all time. So there you go. Okay, so there's one. There you go. At least you got something on the uh, Mount Rushmore there, and he's on mine too. So, there you go. I I I, I struck Victor Hedman's off of my Mount Rushmore. 
because I didn't get it. I got too much flack every time from Danny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, don't put it. <laughs> come on. I mean, Victor Hedman is a, is an incredible defenseman. Okay. Uh, Mount Rushmore for Victor Hedman is is a lot. Okay, let's hey hey. Uh, you know. It's true. Anyways. I have to agree here with Andrew. Andrew, you're not yeah. looking for it to be another co-host of another podcast, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. No, I'm just kidding. So now we. So now I guess we can close it off here. So as Danny mentioned, you want to just uh, let us know your uh, your socials and. And, and and I guess your partner socials as well. Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, uh, the show is at Liberty Blue Pod. Uh, we go live on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We try to keep it, you know, under an, uh, especially under an hour, but usually maybe like 40 40 minutes ish around there. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Before, so then we we take you right to puck drop. Uh, I'm at Chelney Andrew C H E L N E Y Andrew. My my co-host is Nick Zararis, Nick Z A R A R I S. That's his so that's his social. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think we're one of the most objective, pot, like just hockey podcasts in general. We are Rangers fans, but we don't mince words. We don't sugarcoat anything. We we break down the game. We make you as a listener, as a you know, as a hockey fan. We try to make you smarter. Uh, we try to you know be as objective as we possibly can be and i i think i think we do a good show so if you if you like rangers or if you just like hockey in general and you, and you want to follow along uh i'm sure come playoff time uh will be you know one of the teams that are in the mix uh the rangers will be one of the teams that are in the mix so uh yeah just we we have a lot of fun doing it and i hope it we not, are not only entertaining but you know you, you learn something from us Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Nick, you had a really good uh, host or co I don't know who's the, if you guys just call each other co-hosts. We're just, but... we're co-hosts. I mean, okay, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We don't, we don't, it, it, to us, it doesn't matter. We, we, we each you. do different things. We each, you know, I start the show, but Nick ends the show. Like we, we It doesn't, to, to okay. us, like, we, we're just co-hosts. Doesn't matter. Well, Nick, you got a really good partner here if you're listening, and he's really carried this uh, this episode here, giving us the, all the ins and outs of the New York Rangers. Um, for all of you, just uh, give uh, Liberty Blue Pod a listen. Um, I guess on all major um, networks there, Google Podcast, uh, sorry, uh, Apple Podcasts as well. There, um, for us, we. Well, we already have an outro for that, so I don't have to mention that. So thank you so much, Andrew. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Um, Danny, thanks for joining us as a yeah. guest co-host. You know, <laughs> enjoy your – we might not see you for the next couple episodes, see if we upload yeah. uh, here at Coast to Coast with our engineering truck outside. Um, <laughs> enjoy, your va- enjoy your vacation. But, uh, Andrew, yeah. thanks so much for your time, okay? Absolutely. Anytime, guys. And you're welcome back at any time. We like to do stuff with our with our guests, uh, little collaborations and stuff. So we'll probably be back in touch. For sure, absolutely, anytime. All right, All right. Uh, see everybody. Yeah, see you guys. New episodes drop every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at C2CTHP.